Hey, this is Robbie J here with uh, my partner TB. This is Gotham City Sports Cast. What's up, TB? What's up? What's going on, my boy Robbie J? Not much. We're giving a shout out to Brooklyn here at the opening for Carmelo Anthony, Brooklyn's own. The Knicks, they took another game. They extended their winning streak. This time it was against the New Jersey for a few more days, Nets. Tell me about this game, TB. What'd you see? What'd you like? Well, I'll tell you what. What I saw tonight was what I've been waiting to see all season. The Knicks dominating a scrubbed-out team. Finally, <laughs> we did it. We, we let everyone know we're for real. We are a playoff-caliber team. Scrubs, you come up against us, you're getting dumped. Bottom oh I hear scrub anthem coming. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Do your worst. My worst, eh? Smithers, release the scrubs. <laughs> the Knicks actually, uh, I, I don't know. Did they release their scrubs at the end of this game? Pretty big lead. Did they keep the main guys in there the whole time? Let me tell you, the scrubs were running rampant tonight <laughs> on the court. It was yeah. out of control. Well, it was not just for New Jersey. No, not just for – I mean, it was Scrub City. I mean, once you got to the fourth, it was Scrub City. Yeah. So Mello, uh, Mello sat that, right? I think uh, he had a great game. He ended up with uh, 25 points, 14 rebounds, and he only played three quarters. Yeah, three uh, – yeah, I mean, that was it. You know, we played so well in three quarters that we were able to give the rest to Anthony and Billups. Those are the type of guys that you want getting the rest at this point in the season, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I think um, Carmelo even had two dimes, right? Yeah, he had two dimes. Woo. Yeah, and he even had a block and a steal, too. So uh, no... knocking him for his defense. Hello. Hello. There's no fancy terms for uh, blocks that, that we can start using? Like well, dimes? I guess we could say stuff in you. Stuff in you. Exactly. We deserve to be fired up. Uh, anyway. It's happy times for the Knicks. Yeah, it's good times. That's why we're goes. laughing. So uh, the Knicks, they, um, they take the win, and I, I think I remember you mentioning something about that in the last show, that the Knicks were going to beat the Nets. Yeah, I mean, you know, we guaranteed it, but listen, we're, we're, like I said, we're truth brokers, we're realists, and we'll be real with you here. I think, uh, you know, anyone could have predicted this, yeah. right? Yeah, and actually the Nets were without uh, Deron Williams. Um, they, there was a couple other injuries, though. Knicks had an important one. What were the Knicks missing today? Well, we were missing our big beast, Mr. Stoudemire. Um, you know, a little trouble going on there with him. So, uh, you know, risk further injury. Let the man rest. Let him rest another game. That's how confident I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I wouldn't even play him. I mean, at this point, uh, I know they haven't clinched yet, and uh, they got the Pacers coming up, but let him rest six that seed, game. Yeah, they haven't clinched the six seed. Right. That's what, I'm sorry. That's what I mean. They haven't clinched which seed they're going to end up in. But let him rest against the Pacers, see how he feels for uh, the Celtics and the Bulls. You know, if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't, Carmelo's just going to score 35 points, and uh, they'll win it anyway. So, What other notables? Let's see. Da -da -da. Chauncey with 22. He, was, he had another uh, good game. He's finally waking up a little bit from his uh, past injury, you know? Yeah, he's waking up, and he shot great, too, from the field. Not sure in the exact number of the percentage, but he was uh, 8 for 14. You know, I'm not a uh, rocket scientist over here, so I can't break that percentage down for you. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's he shot well. Uh, he was he um, knocked down a couple of threes. I think he hit three threes. Yeah, he did. He was 3 for 5. Yeah, 3 there. for 5. Um, 
and he had four assists, which is an improvement from the uh, previous game when he only had zero. So I like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chauncey looking good, and Chauncey looks like he's playing the Nets really well this year. Yeah, he has. He's had some good games against them when he played. So the Knicks, uh, they take it with a final score of 116 to 93. They extend their winning streak. And how amazing would it be if they just ran out the rest of the schedule with wins? I mean, what better way is there to end the season? Oh, it would be incredible. You know, if if they went out, it would be incredible. It would give them so much momentum going into the playoffs. You know, they they did the playoffs with the mentality that, look, we can't be beaten right now. I dare you to come and try to beat us. And that's what it's going to be. And that's the mentality. That's the attitude this team's going to have. And that's the attitude that this team should have. I mean, they are that good. They are that good of a team right now. Uh, Brooke Lopez actually had 17 points against them in the first quarter, but he only finished with about 27. So the Knicks, uh, they they obviously figured him out somewhere along the line. I know they started doing some double teaming and forcing him out of the paint. So, you know, with all the talk of the defense, they, they did good. They held the Nets under 100 points. And uh, I know it's just the Nets, but, you know, Brooke Lopez looked like he was going to walk all over them the whole game, and they switched it up. So congrats to them for that. Yeah, I mean, it looked like, I guess, Sheldon was struggling a little bit. So they kind of moved to uh, Jeffries and Toriath, and they did a wonderful job on him. You know, I think those two uh, bring, bring you a little bit more intensity on the defense. Obviously, you're getting zero production on the offense. You're not, you're not going to get much production offensively from Toriath. Right. But you're not going to get much uh, production offensively from Sheldon either. So, I mean, you know, it's it doesn't really matter who's in that spot. Who's ever playing the better defense on their man on any given night has got to be in there. It's, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a revolving door right now at that position for the Knicks. Uh, tell me uh, what else is going on in the East tonight. Well, uh, we've had we had some interesting things going on in the East. Pretty much everything that we've already been saying was going to happen has been continuing to happen. Chicago won again. Like I said, we lo- we like them to lock up the number one seed. So uh, they're making us look good like that. Boston picked up another win against Washington, 104 to 88. You know, making the case that says, look, we're not a bunch of old guys. We're in this to win this, and we're going to be a threat come playoff time. Which is why Get I think it's that good that, that the Knicks are avoiding here. them right Stuffing now. you. Miami uh, picked up the win, right, Robbie J? I think you got that one. And pulled yeah, they up did. Miami ended up taking Charlotte 112 to uh, 103. With the return of Dwayne Wade, too. Yeah, that, that's right. That was uh, Dwayne Wade's return game. So they, they haven't locked yet, have they? Their, their seed? No, nothing. Yeah, no, they haven't yet. It's still open down there. But like we said... Uh, it's pretty much a lock. Boston, you have going uh, at the number two, the Bulls at the number one, and the Heat at the number three. Well, it looks like the Knicks are definitely doing it the right way. You don't want to go into the playoffs uh, with with a losing streak or lack of momentum, and they they're they're doing it. They're doing it the way you should. So it's really exciting time right now in New York. If you're a Knicks fan. Uh, all the naysayers and and uh, the doubters on the trade looks like everyone's kind of quiet right now. And, uh, you know, for good reason, the Knicks are really turning it on at the right time. Now, there is other news that uh, I noticed come over the feed earlier today, and uh, I didn't have time to look into it, but uh, I know you had mentioned it to me, something regarding the coaching staff in the front office. What did you see out there about the Knicks today? Uh, Yes. I mean, shockingly enough, there was an article in the Post today. Now, and, 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 you know, that's why I say shocking, because it was in the Post. 
You know, I right. mean, if it would have came from, uh, you know, some run of the mill uh, two bit website, we would have paid no mind to it at all. But uh, this actually coming from the New York Post, a report that maybe the Knicks have eyes on John Calipari to not only coach the team, but to run the front office as well. Supposedly Dolan uh, has been looking real heavily into Calipari and a source close to Dolan supposedly told this to the New York Post. Wow. Um, you know, not no, no evidence that it's 100% true, but, you know, all of us Knicks fans, we know the type of guy that Dolan is. So we can't, Well, the, you know. It seems really awkward. I mean, right at the end of the season, Knicks made the playoffs. I, I don't know. It just seems like still no extension for Donnie. No extension yet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it may be something that they don't want to talk about uh, because they don't want to deter the Knicks from playing basketball. But really, to to hear about this at the end of the season before the the playoffs, without even seeing what they, the win if they win a championship, this isn't going to matter. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but but it seems at this point is like that's what it's going to take for this for something like this not to happen. Yeah, and that's unacceptable. I mean, even to to the point of where they're at right now. There's no need to make drastic changes like that, you know, even if they were to, to get eliminated in the first round, which I don't think is going to happen. But if that did happen, uh, that's not that doesn't warrant the firing of Walsh and the firing of D'Antoni all at once. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that that's a complete overhaul, which if you made the playoffs and losing the first round, especially in the Knicks situation with having not made it in seven years, uh, it's still something that went well this year i don't think you just overhaul everything no especially with all the work that donnie's put into the team when he like we said when he got here it was a disaster it was a you know the after the isaiah thomas aftermath you know it looked like it was going to be an irreparable franchise but donnie strapped on the boots and he got it done he got us back in the playoffs he got us two stars and he got us lined up to get another star in 2012 if we want him if we can get him um, and as far as Calipari goes, I mean, that's to me, that's just a joke. It's a joke. I mean, if you're talking about coaches for this team right now, this Knicks team right now, mm-hmm. I myself have never been a fan of importing NCAA coaches to the NBA. Now, I know Calipari coached the Nets for a little bit there in the 90s, and he had some success. But, you know, that was a completely different team than this Knicks team. For me, personally, if you're going to go dip into the NCAA market and take a coach out of there, the only one I want is Coach K from Duke. He's proved already what he did with the uh, USA team, winning the gold medal. And let's take a look at that team. I mean, you want to talk about star power on the Knicks. That USA team was just stars from top to bottom. That actually had Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni on there as an assistant coach. And, uh, you know, Coach K, he was able to right the ship. Uh, make up for the disaster at the FIBA championships when we only came away with the bronze. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that it was a possibility that we were going to lose uh, to maybe an Argentina or maybe a Spain. Uh, but, you know, we, he kept it together and uh, we, we, we rolled through the competition to the gold medal. Uh, so if anyone's proven they could coach a star-laden roster, it's Coach Keck. Uh, and if you want to talk about track records in the NCAA, not too many guys got a better one than Coach K. Yeah. And, and some people would say, well, how is it hard to coach 12 guys who are all-stars and 
you know, who could play the game blindfolded and score 35 points a game each. Uh, and it's it's because there's a lot more to it than just, you know, saying go play basketball. And, yeah, I mean, not to mention that hey, every single one of those guys is used to taking 20 to 25 shots a game. It's true. So, I mean, it's him. He's the one that's, you know, delegating who's going to be getting the balls in the crunch time, you know. And uh, he was very, very good at doing that. And not to mention the players liked him. So, I mean, yeah. he's got that going for him. Now, I'm going to go on record and say I don't want Coach Guy. I'd, well, I'd love to see D'Antoni return for another year. You know, I think he just – I think he deserves it. You know, I'm the type of guy that says, all right, he's, he went through hell for the last couple of years. He's doing really good right now as far as I'm concerned with the team, with the way we've had so many changes throughout the year, you know, gotten the whole roster. Let's give him one full year with the team after they've all had an off season to practice together when they're all on the same page. Let's give him one full year. Let's see what he does. If it doesn't work out, then we go in another direction. And in my opinion, I don't think it should be a college coach. Well, you make some good points, and I agree uh, about D'Antoni, too. Uh, you know, everyone's calling for his head, and, and even me to an extent, but you got to give him at least that off season and the one full season, maybe maybe to the All-Star next season. I don't know. I mean, if things are falling apart. Right. You know, I mean, if we come to the All-Star break and we're 15 games under 500, yeah. see you later. Right. Yeah, so and I think that's the way the Knicks will go. I don't know about Donnie Walsh. I don't know what his fate is, but I'd be really surprised if Coach D'Antoni goes anywhere. Um, but, again, it's early. We haven't seen the playoffs. Maybe they – well, I won't even say what negative things could happen. But, um, you know, that's that's all fortune-telling. Uh, any any fortune-telling for from you for the Knicks coming up uh, this weekend? Well, you know what? I got to say I, I I'm a little – Weary to go and guarantee a win against Indiana. Like I said, they give us a lot of trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway because of the way that Carmelo Anthony is playing. He is a man possessed right now. He is in the zone. There's no one that's going to stop him. Like, Like, you know, you take a look at tonight's game, you know, of Michael Jordan and his prime could have walked through that tunnel at halftime and he wouldn't have been able to get them back in the game. That's how hot Carmelo is right now. If Carmelo plays this game, he's putting up 40 and he's putting up 20 rebounds. So the, 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 the Nets need to thank God right now that Carmelo sat that fourth. Well, they if they played him 48 minutes, forget it. I mean, he would yeah, have, I mean he forget would about it. And you know what? They're, they're still spurned from the last time they went up against Indiana and they're ready to say, listen, Indiana, this ain't the same team you played last game. Bring it on. Bring it on. Even without Amari. And I think what I've noticed that, uh, you know, just in the one game and when Amari's sitting, Carmelo really does feel uh, that he can carry the team and boost everybody. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if they're trying to be friendly with each other, but when they're both on the court, neither of them play as well as when one of them is off the court. So it kind of brings out the best to him when when Amari's out and, and it's all on him. Yeah, I mean, I could, uh, yeah, I could definitely see what you're saying there. I think um, you're making a good point. Whereas you say, you know, they're going to, they, you know, they have respect for each other. They're good friends, so yeah. they're going to try to get each other involved as much as they can. You know, neither one of these guys wants to be labeled the selfish guy because you know it's not good for the team, and who, you know, nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, may, there's time. Would would like to uh, take the ball, go ISO, and drive the lane. Instead, he'll dish it off to Umari. And like you said tonight, 
he didn't have to do that. And uh, also we've seen uh, Chauncey Billups step up too uh, in light of uh, uh, Amari being down, Chauncey uh, getting 14 shots, which is good for him. You know, I'd like to take maybe a little more next game too. Okay, so we got the Pacers on Sunday. Uh, you're calling a win for the Knicks. Yep, call another win. We're going to keep the streak going, baby. We're going to keep that streak going. Um, Do you think Carmelo gets 30 again? I think against Indiana. Without Amari? Amari, Yeah, with Amari out, I think he goes 30 again, yeah. I think he puts up another 30 as long as 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 we don't blow him out again. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. If we're blowing him out, he's going to be on the bench in the fourth. I'll give it to you anyway, then, if he sits the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, only so, only so. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, helping out on the Knicks analysis. I uh, I didn't get to catch the whole game. Speaking of uh, not catching the whole game, I missed baseball today, too. I was really busy. But, uh, oh, you're lucky. Yeah. Oof. I got a chance to check out the stats and the scores. And uh, the Knicks, or sorry, the Mets and the Yanks kind of having some trouble today. Uh, what did you see at the Mets game today? I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the stats. But what, what was your first initial reaction for the Mets? Um, you know, it's like I said, it's early in the year. I don't want to jump on anybody right away right now. They dropped that um, one, you know, 6-2 to, to Washington, the, the City Field home opener. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it stings, you know, it stings. And you and obviously you, you want to see him get off to a hot start and, you know, you, you, you wish they start out winning, you know, maybe five in a row, six in a row. But, you know, that's not the way it works. Um especially for uh for a team like the Mets, you know, kind of a transitional period right, right. now. Uh you know, like I said, uh I think in our first show, I said I kind of looked at this year as being a give it up year for the Mets similar to uh the previous years with the Knicks as trying to uh you know, get back into position to be uh players maybe in the free agent market next year and um you know, after we had uh, our specialist Russ McManus on, after talking to him, it seems like maybe this fifty-five million coming off the books is going to go right in the bank, and we're going to stick to playing solid money ball for a few years until uh, we could somehow right the ship, the will pond somehow right the ship, and uh, and start turning a profit, and you know banking money so we can go out and spend it on some big name players i mean i if you want my honest opinion the future for the for the mets right now doesn't look bright at all well and i think that's a reason why a lot of people aren't ready to admit that this is a rebuilding year because it doesn't look like they're going to have a lot of money to play with for the next uh little while here so if you chalk this up to rebuilding but you got no money to rebuild with then you're pretty much just solidifying your your coffin for the next five years and nobody wants to do that no, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to get too into it, uh, like, as far as all that goes, because I'll be honest with you, I'm not as knowledgeable with, with the financials as, you know, maybe some other people are, like, uh, you know, a guest that we're going to be having on this weekend, you know, maybe he'll touch on that and clarify yeah. that more We have a special guys. guest on Sunday. Yeah, a special, really special guest coming up for you guys. Guy's great. He's a, a Mets guru. Um, but you know, let's, uh, let's, let me get back on track here to this game. Yeah. Um, as far as what I seen from the Mets, I didn't really see too much. I mean, like we said, the bright spot for the Mets today was probably totally two you hits. Know, uh, yeah. With his two hits, I didn't like what I seen from Dickey. Um, didn't like the five, uh, the five walks and the five innings. Um, you know, 
just to give uh, you a, a quick stat rundown, uh, Dickey allowed three runs on six hits, walked five batters. Uh, Carrasco threw scoreless relief, but Burdak and, and Parnell combined allowed three runs in the eighth. So they kind of let Washington get away with the game. Uh, and there were nine total walks today for the for the Mets. So it was uh, wasn't the greatest the greatest day on the mound. No, it wasn't the greatest day on the mound. And uh, today, Dickey just didn't have the uh, the knuckler working in his favor today. You know, I mean, it's tough pitch to to have control over. I mean, you ask any pitcher in the league, and it's you know by far the hardest pitch to control. You know, it's because right. it's such an unpredictable pitch and. Very few pitchers can master it. So, I mean, there's going to be days when it's off. And then there's going to be days when it's on. So, I'm not taking this uh, too seriously, what happened with Dickey. I'm just going to look at look at it as a little, you know, blip on the radar, a little, uh, you know, a, a little mix-up here. And I think he's going to get it going again. I think he'll get, he'll get more command over the control of his uh, knuckler. And uh, we're going to see a good year out of Dickey this year, I think. I'm a Dickey guy this year. Well, the tough part is that these are um, these are division games. You know, they're playing the the Phillies, they're playing Washington, and Washington's usually somewhere near the bottom of the division. You're losing games to Washington; it's not really a good sign. Not a good sign, and it only makes the um, the uh, there was quite a few uh, sports affiliates that had the Mets finishing last. Yeah, with the Nationals kind of proves them points. right. Yeah, it's early. it kind of gives. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, it's early. We got a marathon here. It's not a sprint, so it doesn't matter really about the first few games. But you know, you could take a little bit from the first few games. You know, you could kind of get a feel from where it's going. You know how they say uh, you can get a feel for how a team is going to perform on the season by the first at bat of the year. It's kind of yeah. similar to that. You know, um, the Mets gave you some some really good. And now they're giving you some really bad, you know, with the 11-run fiasco the other day. And uh, I, I think that's what you're going to get out of the Mets this year. You're going you're gonna to get some really good and you're going to get some really bad. I think you're going to get some – you're going to get – like I said, we're going to get to see the youngsters play. Hopefully we'll see – we'll get some really good uh, – you know, we'll get some really good looks out of them. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what you got to look forward to this year, Mets fans. You know, look, look for the production of the youngsters. Um, you know, cross your fingers and hope maybe there's some way that we could hold on. As, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not. I you tell know, you what. Coming from the Knicks to the Mets, it's coming from such a high to such a low. That's just how I feel right now. Let's um, all all the viewers out there make sure you have a bottle of your favorite alcohol with you in a shot glass. And every time I say the words, "Oh, it's early," you can take a shot. <laughs> because I have a feeling we're going to be saying that for the first three months of the year. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past you. You know, I'm. I'm not one to jump off the bridge right away, but I also think early games are a true indicator of the team. Um, and you know, whatever things are going to get worked out, things will probably get a little better. Uh, but the weird thing is, we don't know what to expect on any given day. You no. you win three games, you lose three. Which team you're going to see tomorrow? You don't know. I mean, that's exactly it. Like, that's what I was saying. You're going to see the good and you're going to see the bad. I mean, right now, it doesn't look good. Send all your hate mail to tbelvie at themetstink.com. <laughs> and uh, I, I love them. I never say a bad thing. So you can't say, send anything to me. 
And the other team in New York, the Yankees, they were playing over in Boston, the 0-6 Red Sox. We've been tracking their progress because they've been making a lot of Yankee fans pretty happy around here. However, with their destiny in their own hands, the Yankees do let up the win. So Boston gets their first win of the year. Yankees drop uh, the game. They they lost 9-6, to let up 12 hits, and a lot of them actually went to their, their new guy, Phil Hughes, who they're, they're, they they kind of got uh, high hopes for. Everybody has a bad game. Uh, Bartolo Colon came in. He let up a couple of runs as well. They fought back a little bit here and there. They scored one in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. But it wasn't enough to overcome. Uh, Jonathan Papelbaum gets the save, and uh, that's it. Red Sox get their first win. So at least that's one less thing to worry about. You know, every game you're thinking, oh, maybe they'll lose again. Maybe they'll lose again. It's over. The streak's over. Real baseball time. They're not going to go 1-161 in this year. So let's get back to baseball. Uh, Yanks drop one, but they got a couple more games in the series, so we'll see what they do. But we got to wrap up. Uh, let's uh, re- quick recap. Knicks win, Mets lose, Yankees lose. Uh, anything else to add, T. Belvey, TB, before we go? Uh, we got a big show coming up this weekend. We got a lot of guests lined up. Uh, we got a real special guest that we're going to bring you at the top of the hour. Yep. Um, some real hard hitting Mets analysis <laughs> and um, Mets again, fans apolog- tune in. Yeah, yep. And we apologize uh, for the quick rundown on the Yanks. We were short on time, but we will. I promise you, this weekend we got a guy coming on knows all there is to know about the Yanks. We're going to get real into it, real intense, real in-depth. We're going to go break down the whole lineup. We're going to break down the rotation. We're going to break down the pen. We're going to hit you hard. Yankees, Yankees, Yankees this weekend. So be ready for it. Yeah, hang in there with us, Yankee fans. We're here. We promise. It's just uh, we're trying to get some guys lined up. That yeah, I don't want people thinking this is a one-sided show. Nope. You know, Yanks, we got your back. We're here for you. hitting you hard every week. So until next time, Gotham City Sportscast, I'm Robbie J with... T. Belvey. Release them scrubs. Release them scrubs. We'll leave you with that one. See you guys. Well, go ahead. Do your worst. My worst, eh? Smithers, release the scrubs.